HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Happy, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. Hello, everybody. And uh, our engineers in the booth and co-producer also, Jack Inslee and Carlos Salguero. Thanks, guys. Um, so today, on today's show, we decided to tackle uh, uh, an issue of supplies and equipment. It seems like no matter what end of the cheese business you're on, if you own a cheese shop, if you're a cheesemaker, um, you're looking for some special paper or some special vat or some special mm-hmm. something or other that can just be really tricky to track down. Yeah. And um, so we're lucky to have Robert Aguilera with us on the show today, who currently works with Fromage X, which is a, um, a company based in Quebec, um, at, who sells cheese supplies. But he also has a lot of experience just all over the cheese business. Um, so we're going to hopefully be able to troubleshoot and hopefully take some questions from uh, emails and maybe call-ins as well. Um, if you have a question about a supply that you haven't been able to find, give us a buzz or send us an email at info at heritageradionetwork.com. Yep. And you can also tweet us now, too. I'll be uh, checking throughout the show. So that's easy for you to do. Fancy. No so fancy. <laughs> but uh, Robert, are you with us? I am. Hi, Anne. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Robert. Thanks for being back on the show. Anytime. Yeah, love it. Um, all right. Well, we thought, you know, maybe you can just start off by telling us a little bit about how you got into the cheese biz. And, you know, I, I kind of um, refer to you now as like this this funny kind of matchmaker. I'm not quite sure how to describe it, but you're like, you know, you can sort of match a person with the exact product that they need. So tell us how you gained the experience <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, well, it's, I'll, I'll condense it a lot. <laughs> um, 2001, I was in the food business and working at Starbucks and working in catering, working six days a week, almost 20 hours a day. It was insanely crazy. Thought I wanted to leave, but 
somehow got pulled into cheese and got it pulled into an interview by a friend of mine who I had worked for in catering who happened to be working at a food shop in Boston um, and asked me if I could learn everything about cheese in a year. And I said, sure, what's there know about cheese? <laughs> uh, Little <laughs> knew did nothing you about know. It, of course. I didn't know you'd get milk from sheep. That's how bad it was. That's um, okay. I didn't, I didn't know animals had to get pregnant to make milk when I started in cheese. And then I was like, oh, right. Mammals. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that that's how it happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> really far off the map. But I needed a job, and I knew I loved the food business and I wanted to stay in it. And truthfully, how I ended up here kind of began on that first day. The man that I met, his name is Jesse Schwartzberg, was the man who trained me in, in cheese, the first man. And he started just introducing me, introducing me to cheeses from his cheese wall. And he didn't even say more than hello to me before we were just talking about cheese. It, it immediately opened my eyes up, and I immediately at that point remembered or thought, there's no way I can learn everything about cheese in here. <laughs> <laughs> But I wanted to try because it was immediately exciting. Um, there were so many questions that I had, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So I started off that way. And the point about Jesse was he introduced me to cheese mm. in the way only that he could, which was a lot of fun, taste it, talk about it, nothing's wrong, what are you tasting, how does it feel, how does it taste, what do you think it would go with? And I knew nothing at that point, but I just knew I wanted to play in this world of cheese. It was so much fun. And that's really where it brings me to now. After working in cheese shops, I got to work at the great Formaggio Kitchen in Cambridge, Massachusetts for six years. Got to be the general manager there and help buy all the cheeses um, and sell them as well and talk to customers and introduce them to cheese the same way. Um, I get to needing a job and being introduced by Matteo Keeler uh, to a man named Simon Demaray. And Simon is one of the co-founders of Formaggex. And Matteo told me this Simon needs some help in the United States um, selling equipment and packaging. He could use someone like you. I think you'd be great. So really, Matteo introduced me to this world. He's another he's another matchmaker. That Matteo yeah. Keeler. He's like you know found me store managers and <laughs> we yeah, found and, him. And truthfully, I think it also comes from our knowledge or our you know our friends in the business, like especially Neil's Yard Dairy. Uh, Jason Hines at Neil's Yard Dairy is very much that man who is, you have to meet so-and-so. So-and-so makes a great cheese. You're a great importer. You guys need to talk. It's that world that I really fell in love with. And I feel like most of us who are in the business now in either it's retail or cheese making, who are in you know, 30s and 40s and 50s, we all feel that way. We want to we share and find out more information and find out what to do next and where to go and who to talk to. So it's very fun to be a part of this world even now and even in this world of equipment, which even after now it's been three years, I still am learning. Well, I think that's a really nice thing, you know, especially here in the States. I think greater appreciation of cheese is still a new thing. So it's it's easy to connect with people and that's that's exciting and fun. So I think that's a good point. Definitely. And, and especially since um, going back to when I first started, customers who would come up to the counter didn't really know a ton about it and really right. it was just about the fun yeah and i think encouraging that fun with every single customer over the years whether it be at the shops that i was in boston or the shops in new york or even across the country that have sprouted up exponentially over the last 10 years it's just been about fun so i feel that's the best part about this community that we're in this cheese artisan cheese world absolutely absolutely um well, can you tell us a little bit about what Fromage X does um, and how they got started? 
Yeah, um, I'd mentioned Simon Desmarais. Uh Simon, or Simon is the way you pronounce it, and his, co, his co-partner, founder, Jan-Eric Pelletier, um, both started up in Rimouski, Canada, and still are there, or at least the warehouse is still up there. Um, Rimouski is, if you get to the border of Maine, you need to drive north uh, about another eight hours or so. Wow. <laughs> you get to, like direct due north. Wow. Um, it's the beginning of where the St. Lawrence River opens up to the Atlantic up there or the, cool. the North Sea. That must be pretty beautiful. Yeah. It, it's pretty incredible, really rural, uh, really great people. They're a lot of fun and they're very funny. Um, but they started actually going to cheesemakers or I'm sorry, milk producers and asking would they like for cheese to be made with their milk um, and they would make it for them. So they started basically a, a small business of making cheeses for milk producers, small milk like dairy producers up in, in Quebec, in Rimouski. And as they started doing that, they needed equipment. So they started bringing over equipment, and at the same time, they would talk to other cheese makers, producers, factories in the area or even in the rest of the province and ask, do you need any equipment? Maybe we could get something for you. So it became, again, a cooperation. How do we bring over what we need and what somebody else needs and make it work for everyone? Hmm. Um, after doing that for about... It was a, almost a couple years. It just grew into, well, the equipment side is really where the business is growing, and we really need to focus on that. So they sold off the cheesemaking part and just focused on equipment. And it's been that focus since then. And really, that's, that focus is kind of wide. <laughs> um, imagine having all these great cheesemakers in your area saying, oh, you know what I could use? I could use this or I can use that. Have enough people tell you what I need <laughs> and suddenly you've got... You're a busy man. You're a very busy person. You're bringing over tons of product. Um, so it, their catalog from Ajax grew to a point that it was fairly large and really ambitious. Um, it got to be a little too much to, to always follow through on. So in 2007 and all the way till now, there's been this refocusing of what from Ajax is about. And we have a brand new catalog that's just come out, and it's available on the website, too, that really focuses on what we want to sell and also what we will always try to have in stock. So there's a lot more available more than ever before, where before you have to wait, you used to have to wait eight to ten weeks. The timing has shortened down to, in some cases, two weeks. So that's a great thing. And Robert, can you tell us the website if our listeners want to find that catalog? Yep, it's uh, fromagex.com, F-R-O-M-A-G-E-X.com. Great. Very good to know. Definitely. And, and so how would you describe the range of products that you have now after this kind of, you know, restructuring, rethinking your, your line of products? Yeah, it, it really focuses on every part from ingredients. It actually starts out with ingredients and goes through equipment for molding, um, pressing, it goes through molds, uh, actual forms for, for fitting your cheeses into different sizes, different shapes, uh, through aging material, whether it's you know, different kinds of boards or racks for aging your cheeses, and all the way through packaging. Um, so it's kind of, we, we try to be a one-stop for most things, but what we've removed are a lot of the larger items that we really can't um, always focus. We couldn't focus all our efforts to make very simple, which are larger vats and such. So we do work and give references to other companies who do that and do it very well. So one thing that's really happened is if we 
can offer you something fantastic. If we can't, we're going to find you someone who can. That's also, that's a very generous take on the business because I feel like not um, many people might go down that route, but I guess it works to your advantage either way because then if they find the vat they're looking for, they're going to come to you for the molds and the packaging and all the other stuff. Right. Well, that's the hope. And at the same time, it's also, it's also information for us to know what's the best place to refer people to. So it's always going back to people for their experience and finding out how they fared with such and such equipment. And it's good. It's good to be more aware than it is to be insular and, and, and hide your products away. Absolutely. Now, would you consider, do you guys do um, like official consulting, like, you know, as a paid service or is it more just out of the goodness of your hearts? <laughs> No, it's actually more out of the goodness of our hearts. Wow, that's <laughs> um, great. Yeah, it, it just it makes more sense. Um, we're not consultants. I'm not a cheesemaker. That's the one part of the cheese industry that I've never been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of a couple of cheese makes, which has been great, but I'm by no means a, a cheesemaker, so I can't offer my time that way, and I can't consult on people as to this is, you know, letter of the law, how you should do it. There are plenty that are out there, and we work with them too. So it makes more sense for me to give somebody who has that experience well over mine and in many cases 20 years or so um, for them to focus on that piece and if the client needs information on certain products that we can offer fantastic and usually it works out for everyone and are you guys constantly are you um, actually developing these products um, or you know um, do you have say a, a say in saying oh we want molds that are like XYZ are these molds manu- are most of the products manufactured in Europe and just uh, and, and sold through you guys most of the products are manufactured in Europe and sold through us, but um, the first five, six years of FromageX's existence was a lot of how can we adapt the very big equipment to the smaller maker. Mm-hmm. So that's what Simon and Jan Eric really focused on. So in many cases, it was redesigning, and it was, well, this makes more sense, so let's go ahead and offer that and and hopefully it'll work. The hard part about equipment and designing equipment is you design one thing for one person. It just happens to be an inch or two too tall or too small (laughs) for the next person. Right. So that becomes an issue. So the refocus now has been, okay, we've gone through a lot of really developing, helping to develop equipment. What has worked the best and what can we offer on an ongoing basis that will will work for many people. So it seems like more of a compromise in some case, but it works for multiple people, and there are ways to help give more or, or less depending on what a customer needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I think it seems like it's a good time to take a break. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to check the emails, see if we've gotten any questions. I know we have one question already from Forward Foods in uh, Oklahoma, which I'm excited about. Um, and uh, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Sure.
Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins. I work for Fairway Markets in the New York area. And we're awfully proud to support Heritage Radio. And we care so much about everything that goes on out here at Roberta's and their studio because they talk to people who are, are serious about food. And that's what we are at Fairway is we're serious about food. We, we just care very deeply about, about you as a, as a customer and how you cook and what you cook with and how you entertain. And, and that's why we love to support Heritage Radio because it, it, it's pretty much the same thing. It's wanting to, to find happiness through serious food and people who are serious about it and, and care about learning everything there is to learn about it. And that's, that's we're kindred spirits. If it's something worth having in your kitchen, you're going to find it at, at Fairway. And if there's somebody worth talking to about food, you're going to find them on Heritage Radio, and we will be supporting you guys for a long, long time. At Fairway, I'm your personal grocer, Steve Jenkins, Fairway Market. Welcome back to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. Uh, my co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. And our guest today is Robert Aguilera, who's here to talk to us all about the the wild and wonderful world of cheese equipment and supplies. Um, but over the break, we had a, a call in, so um, we will first take the question from uh, from this call in. Uh, are you on the line with us? Yeah, I'm on. The line. And your dog is right, too. Is That's great. <laughs> the, the dog is freaking out. I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> That's all right. We can hear you. On the road, and you know. Well, anyway, this is Levi Casey um, calling from Underhill, Vermont. Uh, I'm actually in the St. Lawrence University Cheese Club, um, and my question is a little bit less about um, Chromajex as um, the idea of Robert as a matchmaker. Uh huh. (laughs) See, uh, our our cheese club. we have a lot of backlash against two types of cheese, and I was wondering if Robert could uh, match us with two um, cheeses to kind of break some stereotypes people have. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm sorry if this is if this is kind of a sidetrack. No, 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 it's great. <laughs> okay, great. Um, well, so I, I know some of these tastes are, are kind of like genetic, and people just dislike them in general, but. Um, some people in our club just really dislike blue cheeses, and I was wondering if if you, Anne, or um, Robert could um, give us a couple blue cheeses we should try that maybe, like, as a last resort, people might like. Or could be, like, like a gateway cheese. A gateway cheese, yeah, because blue cheese is, like, people either love it or they hate it, um, and maybe if we could show these people some really nice blue cheese... Um, um, they might change their mind and, and stop their hatred. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, what do you think? Yeah, um, my, uh, that's my, one of my favorite questions when I was at the, the cheese counter. Um, I loved when a couple would come in and the man would love blue cheese and his wife would not because I could... That always happens, by the way. There's yeah, always one that loves blue and one that hates it and one that loves stinky and one that hates it. I think it means that they're a good couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do a little yin and yang, but you got to find one that fits for both of them. In many cases, you can with blue. Um, the key is just finding one thing that they both love. And, and I think one thing that is universal is we all love fat <laughs> um, in cheese. We love that creaminess, that butter flavor. Mm-hmm. It's not one that many people shy away from. 
Um, and one of the blue cheeses, or at least it's on the track to begin with, is a French blue cheese called Saint-Agur. Mm. So A-G-U-R, Saint-Agur. If you, can, if you can find it, it's usually readily available in most, actually, supermarkets now, too. Um, it's covered in a foil. Very creamy. It's almost, I, we, we used to refer to it as like the triple cream of blues, even though it's not technically. Um, mm. But it's got some of that spice and then some of that reminiscent smell of a Stilton uh, slash Roquefort, but it's not as intense on the spice on your tongue or on your palate. So it lends itself more to other foods. The way that I would also think about it with, with starter blues is um, hot wings always get a blue cheese dressing that's <laughs> more... So that's more fat and, and cream and, and flavoring than it is blue. So there's a spice of blue in there, but there's more other elements of that that people love and that kind of coats over that heat from the wings. Ooh, ooh or how about this? When I was when I was living in France before I opened the shop, oh, I was yeah. totally astounded that at lunch, after we would eat our lunch, they would of course bring out tons of cheese and they would put they would butter their bread and then put the blue cheese on exactly. it. Which I was just like, Oh my god, that's like so amazingly sacrilegiously decadent but it's so good yeah add insult to injury add more fat add more butter (laughs) (laughs) and it also kind of cuts that that heat like robert was talking about you can actually taste more of the cheese when you remove some of that spice and that's why fat is really helpful there go fat all right so what's the other cheese that uh that your cheese club is indifferent about or doesn't like um limburger like cheeses and uh and this might just be on unbearable for some people um, because of its, its smell and, and the different way that people make it. But, yeah, if, if you could suggest a, a Limburger-like or um, one of the red rind cheeses that people might like, that'd be great, too. It's a little bit more mild-mannered. Oh, man, my references are all so, like, obscure and weird and local. Yeah. I'm trying to... <laughs> all well, right. no, I would, I would go with that, Anne, um, because, I mean, Limburger is a washed rind, and it's really intense and there's actually another cheese in Germany that's called Weisslacker, <laughs> which has no rind, really, but it's washed. It looks like feta, but smells worse than Limburger. Oh, man. Yet, oh. In order to eat it, you actually have to add vinegar and onions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's for, like, the through. German grandpas. Yeah. Right. You're trying to, what you're trying to do is balance out that in, intense smell and that bitterness that you can get. Sometimes it's off um, on some rinds. But I would say like a Hudson, um, is it Hudson Red? Hudson Red's yeah. a good one, yeah. That's a, that's a good start um, for people. Like you want to go with a, a milder wash rind to begin with just to get people introduced to what a washed red kind of rind, orangey kind of rind is. You don't want to, again, you don't want to overwhelm their senses with maybe a very offensive smell or, or taste. <laughs> you want to give them more of the fat and then introduce that, intensity in stages so that's a good beginning something like that well and i was thinking of actually two other cheeses both from woodcock farm in vermont yeah. um their timber doodle and yes. their humble pie are oh, de- bo- definitely timber doodle oh they're it both so really nice. really great mild wash rinds and i feel like before you get that you get a little bit of that pungent flavor but before you get that you just get more of a nice sort of toasted peanutty flavor yeah. it's almost like yeah, more of the pasture cheese. more of the animal more of the, the milk itself and that's that's where you want to start people out at and then you grow with that intensity Exactly. Um, well, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. I, I love that your school has a cheese club. Can we, you tell us, actually, in like 
like a minute or less, just a little bit about your club and if you guys have like a blog or something like that that we could follow? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, we don't actually have a blog. Um, the club has been formed for a year um, and has just taken off um, because everyone loves cheese. And when they hear about a cheese club, then uh, they always come. And uh, we meet once a week, um, usually have like seven different types of cheeses. Often people bring them back over the weekend from when they visit home or when they go places. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're, we're at St. Lawrence, which is in upstate New York. So. Yep kind of dairy country, so perfect place for, um, for a cheese club to exist. Um, we have like 50 members, but maybe 35 wow. come on any given night. Wow, wow. that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's huge, yeah. In two semesters, it's completely exploded, and it's, it's really fun. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your call. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks for your advice. <laughs> All right, so we might as well just go right forward with another question um sophie yes. we got a question from forward foods mm-hmm. this is a great shop in oklahoma and they contacted us via twitter and they asked where oh where do i find quality straw matting <laughs> that's, that's been the uh therein lies the rub <laughs> i don't know uh, robert do you have ideas um well, the hardest part has been that most of the straw matting that existed or or shown up in a lot of the cheese shops has been because they were they were a part of the packaging for the actual cheeses when they were imported from France from mm-hmm. wherever. Um, it's rye straw, and the problem now is that you can't import that in. It's an agricultural product. There's a lot of there's yeah. so many codes to it that you would actually have to bring in an entire container of just straw in order to make it okay for all the things in that container. Wow. Um, so it's, it's very difficult to bring in. And, in fact, it's, it's more so that people who produce it over there, too, can't make enough mm-hmm. to send anywhere else now. Mm-hmm. There's actually less of it being made, and it's only made for use in mostly France. Um, so that's the hard part is that you can't import it. Uh, I my, have... my thing has always been I, I'm trying to, uh, to look at why there's got to be some way that we can actually have it made here. Right. Exactly. I was just thinking about, you know, Jasper Hill making the um, the, the bark wrap. The boxes. The, Correct. Well, the boxes. And then they also make the bark strips for their Harbison and Winnemere right. now locally. And yep. I feel Mateo needs another project. Maybe he'll listen yeah. to the show. Another, <laughs> another project. <laughs> just kidding. Of 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that would be actually a great little cottage industry for somebody to get into to yeah. be able to make. Especially in the Midwest, too. I mean, I feel like that's. That there's an opportunity there. There are a lot of folks who want that. It's a beautiful look at any shop or any catering event or anything. It's just a really beautiful, simple, comforting kind of look. And it's a beautiful you know, palette for cheese to sit on. Um, I feel like that's where we need to go. And I keep, keep my feelers out there. I'm always looking to see, is someone doing something like that? Mm. Um, the hardest part is the, is the price. It's actually cheaper to, to import bamboo mats um, and use something like that, although I would never, never suggest that for retail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too much that could possibly be on it that could be harmful. Potential bacteria, sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's the truth also for, for the rice straw that used to come across. But because it was coming across with cheeses, it had a set of bacteria that was okay. <laughs> yeah. It was taking care of that environment. Okay, so, so this is the, the official call then for a straw mat maker. In the U.S., exactly. I think. A weaver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel, you know, put the word out in all the 4-H clubs and stuff. They, you know, do a number on potholders and quilts. Why not? Uh, yeah. 
Why not straw mats? That would be great. Well, and we've all seen, you know, the, the, the growth of the graphite, you know, the, I'm sorry, the uh, granite. Oh, the slate. slate. For sure. cheese boards. Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity. This is the same thing. So I, I could see someone doing it very well. Yeah, literally turning straw into gold. You could sell those things and like make a, you know, make a pretty penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we only have a couple minutes left. So I know, Sophie, you had some questions for Robert about trends and, with Fromage X. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering, uh, you know, how our products kind of changing since you've started working there. And I also had kind of a, I guess it's kind of a dorky question, but about packaging. What's the best way to package uh different cheeses you know i'm i'm working at our wholesale office during the week and and unwrapping a lot of these cheeses that we get in every week and there's always you know very creative and inventive ways that these cheeses are are coming into us safely and soundly but i guess uh, that's my question um well uh, the package again could be an entire show itself yeah um i actually <laughs> did a, a quick um i did a workshop up in vermont at uh, provisions international that was part of a grant and one of the focuses was packaging and how, what is the best. And really what's the best is the answer is what is the best for the cheese that you have in front of you. Yeah. Um, every cheese has a skin. Every skin is different. And they all need different, different attention to them. Some of them need more air, like white molds. Mm-hmm. Some of them need to actually keep more moisture inside it and keep a little more bacteria, like wash rinds. So those are two different packagings for them. Ideally, the packaging that we would have on every cheese would be see-through because that's what client or customers want to be able to walk up to a counter and say, I want that, and take it with them. Even if they don't have to talk to you, they want to be able to grab and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always the best solution for all cheeses. Yeah. So truthfully, what's best for it is, is a big answer. And um, we can, again, we can go into that for, for hours. Yeah, or <laughs> two. But pay attention. I mean, if you have wax, if you have wax paper, wax mm-hmm. paper is a good idea, at the very least, if you needed something for white molds, because it will keep white mold, the actual mold from growing into the paper, and it's still a little bit porous, so air can get in and out. So that's good. Yeah. Um, wax paper is also a good idea for wash rinds. It can soak up some of the the actual bacteria, the wash, into the paper and keep the environment inside like a little cave for the wash rind. So pay attention to that. Most of the aged cheeses, I think you're good with parchment paper, with butcher paper. You'll be good. Like Parmesan could live without anything for centuries. Right. <laughs> it's tough as nails. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it looks like we are almost out of time, but I just have a goofy question for you sort of sure. as a final thing. What is, what is your favorite match that you've made? What, what are you <laughs> most proud of? Like somebody coming to you with some obscure request and you were able to, you know, just do it. Um, uh, most obscure, um, most obscure is, is tough. Uh, it's more so I want to make cheese. What should I do? Uh huh. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And it's go and talk to a cheese maker. So it's, it's really giving references from, to a cheese maker and seeing if they can talk to each other and, and someone can go and work with them for a little bit to pick up the knowledge that they need to start their own. Um, that's really it. It's, it's, those are the, the most off the wall because you'll have people call up who who just out of the blue want to make cheese well (laughs) (laughs) hold on (laughs) it's like that guy telling you you could learn about cheese in a year you know yeah kind of like well it doesn't mean i'm going to squash anybody's 
passion. It's okay. Well, let's take it down a few notches and let's get you started in the right direction. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us yeah. and, uh, and for sharing your passion with, you know, everybody who interacts with your company and with the cheesemakers that you know. And, um, it's just, uh, it's great to know you're out there doing good for the cheese and community. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm sure, uh, you're, you're an awesome guest and I'd love to have you back on another show. Um, so we'll, we'll scheme and figure something out. But, uh, for today, I think, uh, this is, this is all we can do. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next Monday on Cutting the Curd. Thank you. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. Broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.